back and bigger than ever. It's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. It is the unofficial 40 right here on Soonerscoop.com. And uh, the crew is joining us, except for uh, George, who is in uh, wonderful Jamaica, thanks to the prices right this week. Uh, but Bob, Eddie here uh, in uh, the studio, and uh, Josh joining us uh, from Houston as always. Uh, I I'm pretty sure nothing can disastrous can go out in my life. My tree's already gone. Unless my house burns down, I think I'm good for the next hour, hour and a half. Well, that wouldn't be uh, that'd be arson. I feel like if if it ends up happening, I don't know. Are it's you admitting so to anything right now? <laughs> no, I no, not at all. I I just feel like. Uh, that would be a very random act of uh, something that happens. It is kind of hot out there, so it's the hottest day of the year. It's gonna hit like it's gonna be the hottest day of the year. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be one oh seven. Miserable oh, outside. It, it's been oh, miserable. My God. <laughs> it hasn't been Dallas miserable. Josh is like a one oh seven. That's nothing. Oh uh, no, I mean that's one of those things that like it messes with you because Houston, you're like, well, it has to be hotter. It's never as hot in Houston as it is in Norman. But the humidity is 175%. Like, it, it's just, you walk outside right now in Houston, you are wet. It, it is, is hot. Like, it's probably the worst combo I can remember of heat and humidity at the same time. Maybe in the 10-plus years I've been living here. It's bad. Uh, at least the grid's still holding up, and you haven't lost any power yet. <laughs> it's it's I, coming. I mean, I, they, they've uh. been sending out those uh, notices, haven't they? Like, keep your... Uh, air conditioner at 80 degrees or whatever during the middle of the day, which whatever. you have to be insane. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, never. I don't know anybody that would ever do that. You know what? F- your smart hours. I am. I am not here for that. Not I'm happening. Never doing that. Not happening at all. I work from home. Like they, they would never go to like an office building and be like, keep all these people at 80 degrees. Like, man, I work here. There's no way on earth I'm living at 80 degrees, sweating in my house. That's not happening. No, it, it's uh, it's a miserable portion of the year like now we are, that, we're officially here now that you've We've mentioned it. it i guess my air conditioner could explode and cause my house to catch on fire that thing is old need to get jason white to come out check it out service it i got nothing wrong with the, the air comfort people somebody's gonna need to do it aren't you supposed to do that like before the beginning of summer every year I, all, all right mom <laughs> i do I, but aren't you <laughs> I, I actually complained about it on air the other day, and somebody tried to sell me windows through my DMs. They're like, it's your windows that are the problem. No, no, it's a 15-year-old air conditioner that's the problem, pal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I keep, that I keep putting new parts on every summer to keep it alive so I don't have to pay, like, 15 grand for a whole new one. <sighs> Again, like, here's the thing about, like, Eddie and George being in the office. Every time I talk about my home and the, the cost associated with owning a home, I think I am... And Bob knows this. I mean, a tree fell on his house. Uh, he was gone last week, for, you know, doing tree stuff just like I was. Uh, it's expensive to have a house. It's stupid. Yes. I, I would want to go back to apartment life. Oh, it's, I mean, just knowing that you can call somebody and they come up and uh, will service the air conditioner or do whatever you need. And I don't have Other to worry about Other than the fact that you didn't, you couldn't live in yours for a month and a half. That was a uh, natural <laughs> disaster that we've worked through. And, uh, you know, God love everybody that got me back up on my feet. Home home warranty pays for itself. We are definitely in the uh, Bob the is a home warranty year. guy. He, he and my parents. You're like my parents, oh, man. Oh yeah, that air conditioning home warranty last week that 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 came in came handy. into play. That came in handy. So your air conditioner, yeah, your air conditioner went down. Yep. And the tree fell on your house. Yes. 
that 24 hour period was immaculate. Ugh. Did Sounds you awful. did you actually use a chainsaw yourself? I did. I felt like a real man. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you took a picture with you know standing in your front yard, but oh. people pointed out you were wearing sandals, so it That's right. took away from the uh, manliness. I think. I'm at my house. Of course, I'm going to wear sandals. I'm just chilling. This is the time of the year where you gotta you gotta go all in on the sandals. By the, the way, sandal Josh, hat. I did buy flip flops. Uh, Josh did not approve of them, and they suck. They they tried to murder my feet. I can't even. I can't even stretch them out. These are the good ones. Reef is one of the few things on this earth I wouldn't even allow to advertise on the spot on the pod. And we all know I would sell myself out for anything, but there'll be no no reef propaganda on my podcast. I'll have nothing to do with it. I'm just I'm so old. Like I just go to Dillard's. That's the only it's like Bed Bath and Beyond is gone now. I don't know what to yeah. do with myself. Like I had to buy sheets at Dillard's. That's the only other place I know to go and buy things. D- you guys ever walk in like the department stores? They're sad places now. Oh yeah, like the, yes. it, it's it's kind of depressing to go in there. Um, I that was the first time I've been g- to the mall in like two years. Yeah, I, I was gonna say yeah. I haven't been to a mall in all been a while. Vacant stores. Maybe to go yep. in and run and get a belt like in a uh, in a in a pinch or something before a wedding. But outside of that, I've not been in a. Uh, actual department store in I a got long stopped time. by a couple of scoopers uh, well one was a tech tech guy but he knew of scoop so we, we talked some ball I keep saying this like I don't know about you guys but every time I run into somebody that you know wants to hotbox me I don't mind I mean and nope. talk about things it's fine the, the the question I continuously get and it's like it's not so much a question as it's like I love those videos like when a deer comes and finds someone to track them back because they're kid is caught like in a soccer net have you seen one of those recently or like when bears like or, or cougars like tr- wild animals tracking people down humans down to come help them i feel like that's what ou fans are when they come up to me in public now they just want me to tell them that they're that OU's going to win 10 games this year like it's the overwhelming it's thing the team or that recruiting is about to get these five-star commits yeah it, yes. but it, it, it is it's like a longing from the fan base it's like please tell me that it's going to get better this year that they're going to win at least nine or ten games well i mean can it get any worse can it get any worse in the in the depths of hell that that was the 2022 i think that's the season. question they're not asking is like please tell me it's not going to be as bad yeah it's i mean it's it's amazing like i i don't ever remember a time and of course, well, I, I, I've never covered a six and seven team. I never sure. covered a team with a losing record. Sure. So it's 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 a whole summer. I was at I went to Gabe Eichard's uh, kid's birthday party over the weekend, and uh, by the way, shout out Cam. Uh, he's gonna be. We're gonna be covering him at some point. It, it, I don't know what sport. Hopefully, we're we're all hoping for golf. Like, if you have a kid, I think you want him to be a golfer. I don't know how the live PGA thing's gonna work out. Maybe. The money won't be there. Maybe the thing will fall apart. Sorry, Eddie. I'm not trying to trigger you, but well, it's not going to. Uh, I think golf will. <laughs> but always I think be around. golf is the best sport for a young man to get into. You don't have to worry about CTE. You know, baseball's not bad either. You just gotta, you know, it's not a American sport. Baseball's just completely anymore. changed as far as the way that people go about the uh, little league and all that kind of stuff nowadays. So, I mean. Yeah, golf is golf is great. Golf is uh, a sport that you can play for the rest of your life. Basketball is not so bad, if, but you know you got to yeah. be a really good shooter. And... Well, but no, I mean nowadays you got to be six five. If you're not six five, you're yeah. not going to be playing anywhere. Yeah, unless you're a really good shooter. I don't. I think Gabe's kid's going to be okay there, though. 
Yeah, I, I think that he'll have some hype for sure. He's got a good swing though at two. So I, I've Gabe sent me a couple uh, videos. We've put him in the uh, the simulator here early, and he always has to send it <laughs> to close friends because his kids always in diapers when he's swinging golf club. So, uh-huh. I was out at Oak Tree National on Monday. There's a couple guys in diapers out there as well. <laughs> They're old though. Yeah, it's reverse true. diapers. That's true. It's like reverse mortgage. Uh, so yeah, I mean it's it is the the dead time of summer. We're about to. It's, it's about the, to it's get the good. Calm though. Before the storm. Yeah, it's about I to mean, get it good. It is though. legitimately the calm before the storm, and I think that that's why there is so much angst right now among the uh, the fan base, and obviously with what the SEC move is going to bring with it. I think that everybody kind of knows. And if you've listened to this podcast or you've listened to uh, the Oklahoma breakdown with Gabe and Teddy and those guys, it just like this is a very important year as far as getting the ball moving in the right direction uh, before you you know kind of jump into 2024 and what that is going to be for the future of the program. And, you know, Josh, this is kind of the talks that I've had with people that, you know, just want to talk shop during whenever I meet up with them or or run into them. Like, I always tell everybody this, like, the best thing for OU football is for Brent to succeed because I think he's a guy that is built to run a powerhouse program and keep it going at a high level because he just has so much energy. Like, he is if if he gets it going, I think it's going to stay going for a very long time. That's I think that's a really good way to say it, Carrie. Like I think it goes, it feels like it goes in one or two extremes. Like and maybe that's because Brent is something of an extreme personality, and I don't mean that in a bad way. He's just very, like you said, very energetic, very kind of in your face. Like I think that goes one of two ways, and I think it either starts to move in that direction this year or there's concern and but but you guys are right board chat at this point in time is like a group therapy session like it's me <laughs> trying to calm people down like i promise it's not as bad as it looks it's gonna be okay like there, there's there's a lot of good things happening oh you just needs the first few dominoes to start falling like it did last summer and i i think that's gonna happen uh, and I know we'll get into a lot of that different stuff, but I, it really, I, like I said, I, I think you're right. Like, I think Brent, if he gets it going in the right direction, it's going to be very hard to slow Oklahoma down. It's just, can they, can they kind of get the, uh, the train on the tracks? Yeah. And, and, you know, it is interesting too, kind of watching recruiting and how people are you know reacting to Oklahoma, because I think, you know, it's it's a class that you can see building its way into. And that's another question I get, like, will he have another top 10 recruiting class? And it's headed in that direction. But at some point, regardless of what happens over the next month and a half, you know, two months, this team's got to win. They, they got to win. They have to prove they can't be another middling team in the Big 12 and expect to hold a recruiting class together that's a top 10 class, in my opinion. Yeah, and you can't do that when you don't have to play Texas Tech, Kansas State, or Baylor. You know, you can't be a middling team when you don't have to play three three of those guys. And then, you know, the whole thing is commit when you're ready, but those kids are committing to an ideal of what you're selling them. Right. Right. It's like, if you're not producing on your end, they have every right, like a Colton Vosick or an Anthony Evans from last year, like you, you get to look around if this team isn't doing, you know, and the coaching staff isn't performing the way that they said they were going to be when you made that commitment. Yeah, and, and it is. It, it it's the commitments are based on two way 
you know, trust. It is that you're going to do what you're saying that you're going to do, which is make this program a, a national championship contender. And if that is the direction that I see, then I'm going to stay committed. And, and I have no reason to doubt. But if, if you go, you know, win six, seven, eight games, you're, you're adding doubt into whether that, you know, whether that kid believes in your vision. Well, and especially with the schedule, and we've talked about it. We did the win-loss uh, prediction thing on uh, Sooner Scoop just as far as, I mean, you look, you start looking at the schedule and you start trying to find ways for them not to get to, you know, nine or nine and a half or whatever that number wants to be. I It just, it would take some very abysmal efforts. And even for them to go six and seven like they did a year ago, uh, it took some kind of some effort in some of those games to Morgantown. lose in Morgantown <laughs> or to lose in Lubbock or to lose, uh, you know, even a home game that they turned the ball over four times against Baylor. Like you're still within the game in the fourth quarter. And it, it almost just seemed like everything that could happen happened at certain points of the year. And, uh, you know, obviously they got to, they got to be better on both sides of the ball. It, it has to be a better product. I'm just seeing where Eddie is killing his family's, flowers i didn't do that that wasn't <laughs> taking care of the there flowers. was somebody else that didn't properly water the flowers no i think it was there i think i just didn't notice it and it might have been the hailstorm on uh saturday night so we're, we're working through that though i've been watering every day there's only so much i can do there's only so much of a green thumb just, that i can just blame instill. the heat just say mom well no, it is what? a thousand degrees outside Finally so that is that, point. that yep. isn't my fault you can't save them all no, and I, and the entire plant, the integrity of the plant is still uh, still rocking, so we're good. Check Eddie's Twitter if you don't know what we're talking about. Um, so uh, we uh, we are in the heat of uh, commitment season, it seems. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, what has happened so far this week. Obviously, uh, Josh, you'd put in a prediction. Yeah, I, what what was it? When did you put in the Xavier Robinson prediction? Well, I would say I'm trying to remember when if I did that initially when we came over to rival. I've got to look at that and be sure I'm actually I'm stalling now to find it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, I think I put one in at rivals if I'm not mistaken. And then obviously when we made the move. Um, yeah, because I put it in on May 1st at 7:30 a.m. So we we'd been on three uh, an on three site for about seven and a half hours at that point. So. Um, but yeah, so I I think I'd had this done for several months, and and Xavier, you know, I talked about it in the story that we put up yesterday. He he's a kid that grew up, you know, watching OU football with his grandfather, and you could tell that was kind of the school he always dreamed of playing for. Now, I think Notre Dame made things really interesting, and you know, it, it's interesting that the guy recruiting him is the father of Day and Desan McCullough, Delland at uh, at Notre Dame, and I, I think that is. Uh, kind of an interesting, it's interesting how those programs kind of keep running into each other in these kind of interesting scenarios. But, um, I, I, it's big for Oklahoma because again, you start to get that momentum going. Now you've got two of the five guys at Carl Albert that you want already in the boat. And, uh, again, X was very honest. He's, you know, I'm going to be recruiting those guys. I want Marcus James and Tristan Haynes and Trene Washington all to join, you know, himself and Kevin Sperry now. So, uh, I like the direction they're heading. I, I think it, it's, uh, again, we can go person by person and blow by blow, but I, I think it's a good start and it starts to allow Oklahoma to go back to Caden Durham and Tyler, t- excuse me, Taylor Tatum 
and say, hey, guys, you know, like we've got our first running back, no pressure, but, you know, we, we, we want to get this room done. We want this to be something where we know what we've got, hopefully, you know, going into the season, I'm sure is their plan. Josh, I remember being at the Venables camp last June, and we both said, why in the world is this kid at running back? Why is he not at linebacker? When did Xavier really kind of change that narrative to where, oh, wait a minute, he can play at a power five level at running back, just like he has always believed that he can? It it really, and again, like, it's just so interesting because, it's one of those things where you talk to people like Carl Albert and Mike Dunn or any of the other staff guys, and they're like, oh, yeah, we always knew he was really talented. But, you know, Carl Albert, of course, had some guys the year in front of him that were quality players. Um, and I, I think there was just a, well, let's just see what they've got there. But when I was by last spring to see them, it wasn't – he wasn't like – shining at running back like they were selling him as a linebacker and it was you know kind of a oh texas tech likes him oh oklahoma's gonna come by and see him like there there was it wasn't just kind of like oh this maybe could work that was absolutely what they thought they had and then i i think he surprised everybody like they knew he was talented but to go do what he did and you know almost 40 touchdowns and like 2600 yards like i i don't know that anybody could have predicted that but I wonder I wonder how much of it's born out of necessity and I think it's kind of interesting from an OU perspective where Carl Albert was return, uh, excuse me was replacing a big portion of their offensive line and he was doing that last year behind a group that was kind of coming together as the season war- went on and I think that's part of why they had kind of a slow start to the year and then as everybody kind of figured it out the timing got better you know, he just kind of became this unstoppable force. So it's scary to think that this year, along with all the talent that, you know, that everybody knows about at Carl Albert, they return 80% of their starting offensive line. Like they're going to be really good. And it's kind of scary that the numbers he could put up, but he probably won't because he'll be out of the game by halftime, a good portion of the year, I would guess. The numbers are just silly. They had a uh, big poster board yesterday at his uh, commitment ceremony, 276 total carries, 20, uh, or 2,594 yards, 185.3 a game, 9.4 per carry, 39 touchdowns, uh, rushing touchdowns last year. In four games of the 2022 playoffs in the 5A level, 840 rushing yards, 12 touchdowns in route to a uh, state championship for Carl Albert. He ranked eighth in rushing TDs nationally as a junior, fifth in rushing yards, and 10th in points scored. Uh, and those were national rankings uh, for his junior, for all juniors in the uh, in 2022. So in the 2024 class, it's just, it really is crazy. I mean, he is a, I, I don't think that people get a good idea of how big he actually is. Uh, until you get up close to him. I mean, he is he's a load. His his lower half could pass for a defensive lineman. Sure. Like, I mean, that's how big he is in the lower body. And I don't mean that like he can't move. He can. But, like, he has a big, strong base. And it's why the Eddie and I and, you know, anybody that sees him, like, you just can't help but think, like, I would never want to tackle that human being. Like, never. Because he not only is he big and strong, but he can move. So I, again, I, I think he's a guy that Oklahoma can do a lot of interesting stuff with. Um, 
I wouldn't be surprised if they if they have him on the field some with some of the other backs, the Dalen Smothers, the you know should they land Caden Durham, Taylor Tatum, some of those guys, and do some mixed packages where they can have him, um, you know, doing some stuff. I, I don't H back's not the right way to put it, but just like have him used in a variety of roles because he's just a mismatch out in space with his size and his quickness. Isn't that kind of interesting? I mean, hearing you talk about him just makes me think of running backs of the past. Um, you know, and yeah, I, I kind of got in the stupid argument. It's almost too stupid to even mention, but I, I was arguing, you know, with my radio cohorts about whether or not Eric Gray was going to be some huge loss. And I was just like, you know, Eric Gray was a nice player, but he is if you take the list of OU running backs over the last 10 years, he is nowhere near the top. Like this was a program that, probably that once speaks had, to how high that list has been though. Like how good well, those players but have like, been. To think about having Samaj P. Ryan and Joe Mixon, who both productive backs to this day in the NFL, like OU, like you're talking about a group now and we'll see where, you know, Devonte Barnes ends up, but, uh, Javante Barnes, um, but, I mean, you're starting to see, like, maybe this is finally rebuilding this running back room at Oklahoma because in, DeMarco Murray's done a great job recruiting, but it can be so much better than it's been the last couple of years. So much. I mean, it's it's been as down the last yeah. – even though they've had good players, they've not been elite. Like Kennedy Brooks. Right. Trey Serpent. Yeah, I mean, they've had solid guys, but DeMarco Murray, I mean, that was one – the goal for him was to start getting those elite backs – back to Norman that it just happened that first year but we focus so much on like Dylan Gabriel and Mm -hmm. you know what he isn't like we haven't stopped to talk about the running back room has not been elite yeah but how bad would that offense have been if Eric Gray wasn't that guy over the last six seven games last year right yeah he was he was probably not the home run threat that everybody hoped but he was serviceable enough that he was going to give you uh, you know, towards the end of the season, he was giving you probably six or seven yards a But carry. was he even better than Trey Sermon at his best? See, you have to think about it even. I mean, the, the fact that you have to think about I'm it says to, a lot to me. Whenever Trey Sermon was at his best at OU, not with the Buckeyes. The Iowa State game, yeah. um, you know, Ohio State, he was pretty good, at, you know, in that period. But he was never, he was, he, it was clear he wanted to be the best back, but he wasn't. That's why he transferred in the first place. Kennedy Brooks was so damn he was. underappreciated, yeah. though. Out of all the running backs in the last 10 years, he's he's definitely my number one of most underappreciated. But it just, I mean, he was, he was, every time he touched the ball, he was, that Texas game, I mean, he was unbelievable. Just, he was that guy that, yeah. you know, in the fourth quarter, when defenses were worn down, he would just run all over you. Yeah, and you know, I, I the crazy thing about it is, is even and this might go back into kind of I think what we're going to have to talk about at some point is what they're not being able to do right now in the offensive line, and it kind of goes into uh, probably an idea that they haven't been as good up front, and that's probably affected a lot of things in terms of the run game, and you hope that uh, they make the uh, the they turn the corner here going into this season uh, because it does appear that they have a really good set of running backs in uh, Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk. And even maybe even some of the the freshmen that are coming in. You mentioned offensive line. Obviously, Aaron Parks hits hits the portal this the, this morning. So there's a, a another loss to 
look ahead to the season, and I think a lot of it. By the way, what portal again? Like, <laughs> you can't, he's, can't do can you hit the portal when there is no portal? Like, it's just he's just transferred. Can we go back to calling it transfers? Well, and he's not a graduate, so no, like, there's no. Uh, I I don't like. He's almost got to walk on somewhere or sit the year. I just why do we even have a, a portal? Choice. Why do we have a, a, the two players have left outside of portal hours? <laughs> it, it's it's. I, it's, I don't know if it's an old man yelling at clouds, but it's just, it's ridiculous. It doesn't seem like it Like happened. the NCAA is bent over backwards to create this portal yeah. to give people a chance to leave if they feel like their career is not going in the right Why direction. Why don't you utilize it the way that it's supposed to be used? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. So, well, I mean, why, why, it just, it doesn't make the NCAA look stupid. It just makes you realize that you kind of side with the coaches, like, you can have a portal all you want. Players are still going to get pissed and leave or upset or, you know, disgruntled or and, whatever. And when it comes to Parks, hey, he was, like, in our short list in the spring. It's like, I'm not sure if this, yeah. this guy's going to be here. I'm not sure why he's still here. And now he missed the window, and so he missed any chance of doing anything. In I guess it goes to show you, you get, everybody gets sick of working out hard in the summers, and they want to quit. And not not to say that that's what it was, but we also don't know that that's not what it was. You know, it's like it, it, there's only so few things that you can, uh, you know, kind of account for during this time of the year. You just don't see guys leave right now. Well, he's from like the Maryland area, right? Wasn't he, Josh? Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, uh, was he DC or Mar- I th- There were so many guys in that time frame. When Shane, and I, Shane Beamer was just clean, cleaning yeah, up in that area, Fort Washington, yeah, he, Maryland. Uh, yeah, he was at that. He was at National Christian Academy in in Maryland. Yeah. Um. And I, I mean, this was a guy. There were people that thought he was the best offensive lineman in that class for Oklahoma. I mean, that he was, was fantastic at the five star that year. I mean, he was mm-hmm. the MVP. Oh, people people forget. He was the big guy, not Anton not Harrison. Anton, right. He was yep. the guy that everybody thought was the was the the going to be the big star in that class. But yeah, I mean, it, it, I think Eddie and I are going to start going down kind of a position, kind of something for YouTube. We've been planning and uh, just kind of going down, breaking down positions. But offensive line is going to be really interesting because you got a lot of potential there, uh, and you just have a lot of. You know, unknowns as well. So it also feels like you're an injury or two away from just really being screwed. Yeah, in a really bad spot. Yes, in a really, but guys, really bad but, spot. But that's been that way for the last three years, hasn't it? For, that for the line, yeah. That 2020 class that everybody thought was maybe Bill Bill's best ever. Nate Anderson, who I think we've all accepted is just not going to be a guy at Oklahoma's level. Noah Nelson, who left almost immediately. Andrew Rame, who's had a solid career, I think. Could have his best year yet coming. Anton Harrison, obviously huge hit there, first rounder, and Aaron Parks. So you've had three guys that are just completely inconsequential to the program of the five. By the way, uh, you know, we've talked a lot. Um, Eddie is watering flowers, and I, I, I'm not blaming his vision on why he's killing the, the plants, but uh, he does have. You know, you, you have pretty good vision, Eddie. That's why I could see the flower that had died yeah, on the yeah. side. Uh-huh. is because I had the x-ray <laughs> vision from Enjoy Vision, who I went and saw yesterday, actually. I went over and uh, caught up with them, had to do some stuff over within the office, and it was always good to catch up. They were busy 
uh, which isn't a surprise. This is the time of the year that you can kind of take advantage of uh, getting enjoy vision with uh with lasix so yeah you want to go on those big vacations and absolutely and be able to see everything and the best part about it is Hoover is damn maybe you get in and out and you wake up the next day with uh with perfect vision they use the combination of mind-blowing technology experienced eyeball surgeons and exceptional patient care which was life-changing for me uh enjoy loves the unofficial 40 listener so they're giving 400 dollars off for lasik all you got to do is go to enjoywithme.com that is the letter n J-O-Y with me.com. Use promo code U40 for $400 off of LASIK. Enjoy vision. This is where you LASIK. I would love to have the vision to be able to see someone install our new carpet. That's, that's, I might need to go to enjoy for that. So I don't want to get, I don't want to get triggered and stressed and all on a different other tangent, but uh, no, but Josh, um, back to recruiting. I mean, and offensive line. And offensive line. Uh, I <laughs> mean, go hand in hand. Well, right. now, I mean, if you want to get t- triggered, maybe that's what <laughs> where you need to is do. Where is OU in that scenario right now? Because I see a lot of guys, a lot of targets committing elsewhere right now. Yeah, uh, you have to start with the offensive line because I think that's where everyone's concern is right now. I mean, that that really – yeah, it's funny. The defensive line obviously has so many huge names, and we'll go over some of that, but – the offensive line is there's just a lot of question marks. Like there, there's plenty of guys that Oklahoma's in on, but in talking to you know people in the in the media and then talking to sources, I I don't know who they get. Like I, I don't know who that is. Like I know there is still some faith in Casey Poe, uh, but I know you know that for those that don't know the big offensive lineman from East Texas, one of Oklahoma's primary targets one of their most important guys and Casey has talked to me a lot through the you know through the last year about the soul program and how much that means to him um obviously his relationship with Bill Biedenboe is really close uh Bill Biedenbaugh I I've I've got to get that in my head I'm still working on that but anyway um but there is there's clearly a uh, there's a feeling that it's going to be Alabama and that's a really tough loss for Oklahoma if that's the way that goes. Um, you, you certainly – you get it. I mean, you choose an Alabama. Like, everybody understands that that can go that way. But um, for Oklahoma to come this close – and it, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it looks like they're going to finish second on six or seven of their top targets. Yeah. And that you're just like, good Lord. Like, oh. if they just get a couple of those to go their direction – you can fill out the rest of your class with some guys that maybe you think have some upside or you can wait till the portal. Like you can do some stuff, but if Oklahoma just strikes out, that's, that's really tough because it's not just that it's a tough look. It's that it's not a great year nationally for offensive linemen. And I think that's part of this. That's part of the problem you're seeing is Georgia's taking guys they wouldn't normally take and Alabama's taking guys they wouldn't normally take. And I don't necessarily mean Casey Poe. I just mean there are some guys out there that I think are getting to live above their for their natural marketplace. Um, so that's kind of – and uh, that just trickles down. I mean, Oklahoma's certainly not a bottom feeder, but for them to beat Georgia and Alabama head up, they're usually going to need a little bit of help or some reason why it can, they, they can win. Um, so like I said, you look at Bennett Warren, who I think a lot of people thought Oklahoma led for probably a month ago. I, I don't know. I mean, like that feels like a, maybe Tennessee, Michigan, A and M kind of battle. 
Uh, Weston Davis picking A and M. I I think that was always coming, but that's a that's still a tough loss for Oklahoma because there were some people I know when he took his official that were oh he he's going to go to Oklahoma and I that didn't match up with what we'd heard, but th- that's fine. Um, at Grant Bricks. Uh, I think Oklahoma, st- uh, kind of like Casey Poe, like I think they might be second right now, uh, and I, it's going to drive people crazy to hear that I think they're second to Kansas State. But I think the reality is he's a he's a small small town kid from Iowa, and I think he's struggling with the idea of getting any farther from home than he absolutely has to, and so I, I think that's giving Kansas State a pretty serious leg up. But again, I don't think that race is run. I don't think Casey Poe is done. Uh, the guy I, I put it in woke this morning, Marquise Easley. I I think that's pretty much done. I think he's going to Georgia, and I know everybody's like, "Well, Georgia wasn't in his top three. Uh, of his top three, I think Oklahoma's the only one that is still actively pursuing that guy. I don't think Alabama is that hard after him right now. I don't think Tennessee's that hard after him, and I think it's largely built because everybody expects him to go to Georgia. You gonna be okay, Josh? <laughs> that is maybe I'm the most depressing. From, I don't think uh, it's Josh that are you gonna be okay question. It's, it's everyone listening right now. Are you guys gonna be okay? Goodness gracious! I, it, again, like I have, and again, I I was so I really liked what they did by and large last year on the offensive line class, and you thought, okay, just build a little bit here, get some wins, and kind of move on. And it's just not happening the way that I think I expected it to. Now, I, and I hesitate to say this because everybody like, I don't care. It looks really good in 2025. They're off to an outstanding start with some really elite guys, and it's kind of the opposite of this year where you don't have a lot of big-time offensive linemen. There are three really good tackles just in the North Dallas area, and I think Oklahoma is first or second with all of those guys right now. Now, again we got to see where that goes. And I know that's kind of, you know, that's just a Band-Aid on a bullet wound for a lot of people, I understand. But 2024 is just, it's it's taken some interesting turns on the offensive line. And I kind of kept thinking, okay, this will work out, or this will play for them. And so far, I, I struggle to find a guy in 24 that I'm ready to say he's going to be part of that class. And... Maybe something turns out for them. Maybe some numbers turn in their direction. But right now, it's it's kind of tough to see the path of this class being where Oklahoma would want it to be. Which is so interesting, too, because you look at, you know, they got the quarterback in place. They seemingly have a young, uh, really good projected upside running back room. Uh, you know, offensive uh, skill position-wise, it seems like it's pretty positive on that side. It just... I don't know. It kind of uh, it's you just intriguing. Saw guys why, why can't you? You saw right. Anton and Wanye. You right. saw other, you know, Orlando Brown, Ben Powers making. Mo- Orlando Brown was all over ESPN <laughs> yesterday. Like, like all they, all the, all Bill has done is send guys to the league, and they've seemingly had successful careers. Obviously, Creed was right in their own backyard, but I mean, I, I think that Creed would give credit to Bill for helping develop him. Uh, it just, I don't know, something doesn't add up in why they're not able to. Uh, have any positives right now on the offensive line 
Well, and the thing is, they he Bill finally got over that hurdle that we've all talked about for years. Like, oh, he hadn't had that first round pick. Mm-hmm. He hadn't had that big first name. He finally gets it, and this is the class where he's gonna where, where there's gonna be problems. Like, I I don't understand it. I certainly don't think he's doing anything different. Like, I know there's people out there trying to turn this into a narrative about him. And uh, guys, I, I thought they landed three future starters last year, and and Howland and Green potential quality NFL type players like I I, you know and so I really it's not like oh this is some referendum like I I can't put my finger on what it is I think um is is there something in play there too that if you're a prospective kid going to look for a school you do see those three guys or the two guys and specifically in Howland and uh Caden Green and you go well I, I I'm trying to look for somewhere to play, but then again, you look at Georgia and Alabama, and I'm, I imagine that their depth is just as slam-packed. Like, it's not going to be a uh, situation where you just walk in and you're able to start anywhere. Yeah, I don't really see that as being, you know, and, and you know, you kind of answered your own question, but, like, I don't think that's really sure. part of it for them. Um, I, I uh, Again, part of it is, I mean, you look at these guys they're offering. I mean, you talk about, you know, we can just kind of go through some of these guys we're talking about. Grant Bricks is from Iowa. Okay, that that's that's not in your normal recruiting region. Eddie Pierre-Louis from Florida. Uh, you know, obviously Casey Poe is an exception. You got Marquise Easley from Illinois. Like, it's not, it's a really, really down year in Texas. And I just don't know if they were, you know, if they're going to be able to weather that. And again, I know, again, you look at last year, they landed a guy from Colorado that could have gone to Oregon, Miami, had a bunch of great offers, and Josh Bates. Caden Green could have went anywhere in the country from Missouri, picks Oklahoma. Logan Howland, I, I think, is maybe the one of the highest upside guys in that class. And he's from New Jersey, and Oklahoma was in on him early, beat out Iowa and Miami. I mean, a couple of schools that know what it looks like on the offensive line. And obviously Miami signed two five-star tackles last year. So they are very able recruiters. And I just, it's tough to pinpoint what has happened, why it's gone so badly. But I do think there is, I don't know, some resistance to like, okay, we're not going to get this guy. We need to move away. Like, I think a really good example is Daniel Cruz, who they brought in a couple weeks ago, and I love Daniel Cruz. I think he's a great kid. He's a really good center. I understand the appeal of him. Daniel Cruz, I felt very confident he was going to Texas, Eddie, since we talked to him yep. at the Under Armour camp in March. Yep. Like At some point, you have to, and I get, like these coaches want to compete, and these kids are telling them, oh, coach, I love your school, and I've been there. And the kids keep coming up for visits. And like, I understand, but at some point there's gotta be a take stock of this doesn't like, you know, like too many people are saying this is not going to be anything but Texas to keep bashing your head into that wall. Like I I just, I don't understand it. And it's uh, again, I certainly don't think this is all on OU. I think there is just an element of some bad luck and some things not lining up very well, but I think we're going to have to see Oklahoma pivot, and I'm very interesting to, excuse me, interested to see where that goes. Um, I know I, fans right there probably ready to turn off the podcast. Um, it's just not good there's news. There's good news. Taylor, there's there's Taylor, good things Taylor, out Taylor, there, just, I promise. Say, just say a name. Just throw a name out there. 
Well, let, let me put you in a better mood. Uh, how about 25% off a of shrimp? Uh, that can help <laughs> elevate your mood that's a gonna, lot. That's going to really send these people off. And prime shrimp. That's uh, right. I mean, that will take care of it. Use that promo code U40. You'll get 25% off your order of $50 or more from primeshrimp.com. I've actually had people DM me lately say, hey, can you give me that offer for the prime shrimp? Appreciate you guys uh, supporting the pod and uh, our sponsors in Prime Shrimp. It's it's shrimp made easy. I mean, it's it's restaurant quality food that you can make under ten minutes in your house. Uh, avoid all those DoorDash and Grubhub feeds. And uh, I don't know, is Postmates still a thing? I don't even have them on my phone. Um, but uh, yeah, go check it out. You can get uh, the New Orleans style barbecue uh, is their latest flavor: lemon and cracked pepper shrimp. The French Quarter Alfredo, uh, like a lot of people's personal favorites. And if you like the Cajun stuff, get their signature Cajun uh, Cajun seasoned shrimp. Also, uh, the uh, the Louisiana sh- uh, cra- shrimp bo- uh, crab boil. Is it? I can't even. Remember. Louisiana boil Cajun shrimp. How about that? Uh, that's the exact. So go check them out. PrimeShrimp.com. Uh, it'll make you happy. It'll make you feel good. It's light. It 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 healthy. Just go get it. U40, use that promo code, get 25% off your order of $50 or more. So thanks to Prime Shrimp for always having our backs. And thanks to you guys for listening and uh, and buying all the Prime Shrimp. So um, let's keep with the good news and uh, talk about uh, we, the, there's already one running back in the fold. Uh, I know, Bob, you wrote the story yesterday. There's two more guys that they've got their eye on. One is the number one overall running back in the country. Uh, Josh, how are things looking there? This is guys. There's there's positives. Just just everybody calm Keep down. Listening. Put you know, open the garage door, roll the windows down in your car. Like it's all gonna be fine. Like just everybody relax. Um, there's plenty of good news. I I think Oklahoma remains in a great spot for Taylor Tatum. Um, the uh, the the number one as Kerry all mentioned, right, number one right, running Josh, back in the country. I'm, I'm gonna cut you off and just say, when, okay, when is he making the choice then? Because that's what people are are gonna want to know. Sure, <laughs> uh, that that is an interesting question because I think it, it's I Taylor. It's really at this point Taylor doesn't need to take in any any new information. He knows it's USC and OU. Um, he knows what he likes about both schools. I. My guess is it's just tough to tell a certain school no. I, I, I think that's as simple as it gets at this point. Um, now, could it still be USC? Yeah. Like, that. that's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, but I have to say, one guy you have to give a lot of credit on this staff, when it comes to closing, a guy who doesn't miss very often is DeMarco Murray. I mean, you, you go back to when Lincoln Riley left for USC and tried to recruit Javante Barnes out there. DeMarco Murray was having none of it. Like, I mean, that, that they closed that down, helped him close down Jake Taylor. DeMarco Murray's very good at keeping his guys under wraps, and I think they feel like they've got Taylor Tatum kind of all but in the fold. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, again, I, I, and I know people get mad when I say we'll see. It's, it's recruiting, man. Stuff, crazy stuff happens, stuff I can't foresee. But I don't know at this point, what could seismically change? I mean, you're going into a dead period. It feels like Taylor probably just wants some time away from this for a little bit. Let him sort himself out. I think the family is very much in Oklahoma's you know, side of things. And obviously, the relationship he has, like we've talked about again and again with Skip Johnson and the baseball staff, is unparalleled. And he really cares about baseball. This isn't a guy that's 
just going out there to fart around. He really loves baseball. I've heard people call it his first love, and I think there is some validity I mean, to that. Josh, so we've talked about it before, and I think we talked about it on the podcast. I mean, there are people uh, within the you know scouting industry, uh, within the college baseball side of things that think like, you know, if they could really force him one way or the other, it would be your future is on a baseball field. It's not a football field. I, I, I don't think that people realize, and it kind of took me a minute to kind of fully understand how talented he is on a baseball field. I, Eddie, and I get this 100% from you because I was of the opinion like he plays baseball and is pretty good at it. And then, you know, talking to you kind of in some of our conversation, it was like, oh, no, no, he's he's got a chance to be kind of special. And you're like, okay, that's, that's different. Um, and again, I... Oklahoma's got a good track record. Even guys like a guy that we don't talk about enough, Kate Horton did some of this for a while. Sure. Like there was yes, absolutely that, you know. So Kate there Horton, is, Kate was going to play football until he had to have Tommy John surgery as a freshman. So Yep. Uh, there was there's absolute I, I don't think there are many schools in the country that can ha- claim the track record that Skip Johnson and his crew have working with a football team and saying, "Hey, this is what it's going to be." And I can't remember how much of this we talked about last week, but I, I, I know I keep hearing this thing from USC people that's just like, oh, it's it's about, you know, Lincoln Riley allowed that to happen. And I get he's on a football scholarship. Like, I understand that and all those things. But I, I was talking to a, a couple of football sources, and they're like, it's spring. Football's not winning or losing any games in the spring. It's baseball. Like, and this was from football people. Like, they understand how this works. That in the spring, that he is beholden much more to baseball, or a, you know, a, a guy in this situation is than he is to football. So you have to have a baseball coach that's willing to work with you. And Skip Johnson has proven he can do that, and and Gaines and that whole group, they can do that and are willing to do that. And so, it, like I said, I think it's it's tough for me to see it not working out, but I wouldn't call anything impossible. Let's move on to the other back and Caden Durham, who did make his trip this last weekend. Is that a cause for concern? I I mean, it's got to make you sweat a little bit. You, you LSU and you know all that's that that program has to offer and all the connections they have to Duncanville. Now, what's an interesting sub story here is all the talk now of Texas being in good shape with his teammate Colin Simmons. Now, I realize that's counterintuitive to say, oh, that's good for Oklahoma that a five-star defensive end may go to Texas. But if Colin Simmons isn't at Texas, that lessens some of the appeal because that's kind of been LSU's pitch is, oh, the Duncanville, we're going to make a Duncanville pipeline here to LSU. And obviously, Duncanville's, uh, excuse me, LSU's done a nice job at that program. So it doesn't turn, you know, and Frank Wilson's an outstanding recruiter there at LSU. So, this is not to say that if that happened, it's it's all over for LSU. I still just think Oklahoma's in really good shape. And I, the only thing to me that trips this up is if these guys start thinking about there's three backs in my class. Like, does that – and again, Oklahoma's been honest with them. They know the score. They, you know, DeMarco Murray, Jeff Levy, they've talked to these guys. They know what's happening. So I'm not saying it's a surprise. I'm just saying – those things can seem kind of easy. And then when you've been the man your entire high school career and you start thinking about sharing carries and all that kind of stuff, like 
some guys get that. That's that's the best way to make their career last as long as possible. And then some guys are like, nah, I, I want to be the guy. So it's you don't know how to me that's the biggest potential hangup because I think Oklahoma is clearly out in front for Caden Durham. I think they are clearly out in front for Taylor Tatum, and obviously they already have Xavier Robinson in the boat. That's too much good news for one podcast, I think. All right, well then I'll I'll go back another way. <laughs> There's a lot of like like dates are popping up, but it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like they're OU guys yet. Are you a little surprised that we kept saying be patient, be patient, wait for the barbecue? It's happened. We're almost two weeks later. And it, it still feels like we're kind of not reaching, but sort of wondering when are some of those OU centric guys going to start naming their date? Yeah. I mean, at some point you just get into that question of like, what else do you need to see? It's kind of like what I was talking about uh, earlier with Taylor Tatum. There, there's unless some school comes out of nowhere, what what is David Stone not seen that he needs to see? He's been to Oklahoma 37 times. He's been to Florida, I think, half a dozen times. He's been to Miami multiple times. Uh, been to Michigan State probably 10 times. I mean, you know, maybe not that much, but he's been there plenty. Like, I, unless you're looking at someone new, and I know Oregon's kind of involved there, and I'm sure they want him to run it out, but you know, like, and again, I know people say, well, he's got to sort it out and, you know, figure out if, if he can stay close to home. And that's always kind of been the hang up. And I think that is, there's merit to that. But at this point, you either can or you can't. Like, it's either going to work out or it's not. And I, I, again, I still continue to think there's very little that's going to stop David Stone from going to Oklahoma. I just, I think that's the way that plays out. Um, we'll watch it and we'll see. But then you've got guys like Williams and Air. Uh, when, I think it's one area. I, I think I've been throwing that extra, that first in in there, and I think it's silent from everything I keep reading. Um, I've never a- actually asked Williams, so that's a, that's my bad. But um, the thing I the thing I would say with him is you're hearing a lot of people saying like it's Georgia and Oklahoma, and he's going to sit down and talk with his family and coaches, and this may be done in the next week, ten days. Like I mean, th- there is a feeling that this could happen fairly rapidly now i think the longer you get away from that georgia visit the better it is for oklahoma like if he to come home and said i'm deciding monday oh that's not good <laughs> that's real real bad um but i think as it goes farther and farther and farther down the road and you don't see georgia sites coming into the predictions you don't see guys like chad simmons that we know is really connected in that area of the world like he's not coming in with a prediction he thinks you know georgia's pulled even or right there with Oklahoma, the less you get, the longer you get from that visit, I think the less chance Georgia comes in with a steal here. Um, don't get me wrong. It could absolutely be Georgia. I'm not overly confident in anything because that's freaking Georgia and he's a defensive lineman. Like I get it, but I, my confidence in Oklahoma grows a little bit day by day here. I, I, I think, I think just talking to some people, there's a lot of belief in all those relationships because it's not just Miguel Chavis. It's not just Todd Bates or Brent Venables or anybody else. It's his head coach, Jamar Mosey, whose son is, I, I have a prediction in to go to Oklahoma in the class of 2025, uh, Isaiah wide receiver who he played last year, lined up in practice every day against Caden green, who is one of those freshman offensive linemen. We were talking about a little while ago in Oklahoma that I know is loving his time so far at Norman from everything I've heard. Um, 
there's a lot that binds him there. And Georgia, I know he's got the relationship with the coach, who's a fellow, you know, Nigerian, and I know that that's meaningful. It really is. But at the same time, I've heard Oklahoma has had. Uh, I've even heard some talk that Obo Okoronkwo has had maybe a conversation in there somewhere. Like I, I think Oklahoma is again, he's the best defensive player in the country. They are leaving no stone unturned in trying to make sure he's part of this class. All right. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything recruiting wise, we haven't really covered this. I mean, no, it's just a wait and see. I yeah. mean, wait, it, it really, yeah. it truly is a wait and see. I and guess then, there's one that maybe we won't have to wait too long. Wyatt Gilmore seems like he's trending more and more to the Sooners. Yeah, I, I put in, uh, and I think I, I'll fully own it. I think I was the most hesitant of any of the the OU recruiting guys. Like I'm, I was a little behind on that one. But I just, I wanted to talk to some more people. I wanted to see if maybe the visit would wear off because coming out of the visit, Wyatt was. Very excited. He loved his trip. You know, it was amazing. It was perfect. You know, felt like home. Like all the the keywords that me, you know, that go off for me as a recruiting guy. He was he was hitting all the buttons, and you're like, okay, something's cooking here, and it just feels like that's something that maybe even as someone's listening to this on a, you know, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, they already know more than I know at this part, this current moment, but it feels pretty close like it, it feels like something could really happen on almost any minute i can say i have my twitter alerts on like i, I am watching him <laughs> closely but uh the uh, two others i did want to talk about just briefly if we're going to move on to something else uh zion ragens the uh, wide receiver uh from um from georgia took a visit to florida state last weekend uh, talking to Florida State people, I think they thought the visit went really well, and I still think the kid's going to Oklahoma. So, like, I, I don't think a lot changed there. Uh, it's kind of getting down to the point where, okay, if he's going to do something, go ahead and do it. Uh, the interesting one that really surprised me was Braden Platt, the uh, linebacker from Washington that I know Oklahoma's very high on, four-star guy, uh, you know, kind of top 250 guy in the country. And I knew he loved his visit to Oklahoma. I knew it went really well. Um, but I just kind of thought he'll stay closer to home and go to Oregon. Talking to Oregon people, there there's a little bit of sweat going on. It, it's not I, – I think they kind of expected the same as I did, that like he'd go on that visit and that would probably be it for his recruiting. But it sounds like Oklahoma's given him a lot to think about. And, you know, if, if he could be the other linebacker of James Nesta, I think Oklahoma is – pretty happy with that class i mean they might look to add maybe a you know a late riser as a senior or something like that but if you, if you told them that their class was nesta and platt i don't think they're upset about it uh by the way doesn't uh, devon mitchell have an announcement coming up july 8th mm -hmm. yes 2025 tight end miami creeping back in there yeah i i i hear your boy is uh doing some serious work there carrie you're uh the life wallet so we'll we'll see. Oh no. <laughs> They're going head to head with Life Wallet. Oh no. Mm -hmm. John Ruiz? Yeah. 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 That is that is this the is, rumor of the this day. Is a big one. Yep. He drove the Cavender twins out of college athletics as a whole. Well, they just didn't need his money. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, that's concerning. I mean, he's he's the the hole in my heart that was going to fill the Braden Willis loss. I mean, I another tight end man crush that I could you know, have and hold. 
near I'm really glad you didn't say, like, sink my teeth into. That was going to be really uncomfortable mm-hmm. and weird. Yeah, you know, it's, I'm a little uncomfortable and weird, so... Uh, <laughs> By the way, it is. Uh, it's. It's. I'm just going to ignore what you said about uh, Life Wallet, um, and just pretend like it never happened, and then I'll just be mad another on July 8th, I guess. Um, so it comes down to money or relationships with Mike Hawkins and that group that are trying to obviously employ him to go to Oklahoma. That's that's what it feels like. And again, with and not to say that, oh, you want to be an in on the, you know, the NIL game as far as getting the services of a five star tight end. I think it's pretty obvious. This is a little sure. out, out, outdated here now, Josh. But did OU not pursue Nate Roberts nearly as much because of Mitchell? You think I, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair assumption. That's not to say that Oklahoma didn't produce. I mean, obviously, for some of the things that you can say about Cooper Alexander, you can't say those things about Nate Roberts. Oklahoma offered him early. He was a priority to them. I mean, like, was I think was among his first major offers. Like, maybe Kansas beat Oklahoma. But, I mean, as far as Power 5, Oklahoma was right up there with anybody. I need to look at the timeline to be sure. But I, Washington, that whole situation is kind of a perfect storm. Uh, for those that don't know, Nate's older brother, Jake was at North Texas, uh, went into the portal last year after a couple of good years. Um, and I, I just think they felt like they got some runaround, um, about Jake's recruitment in Oklahoma and Oklahoma wasn't going to offer him. And then they did offer him kind of late. Um, and he'd already made up his mind for Baylor. Like, I, I think it was just a little too little too late and there just wasn't the, interest that I think that that they had hoped for uh and then you turn over to Nate I I I don't know that it was that that meant Nate was never coming to Oklahoma but you add that to the situation with Cooper Alexander where I think there was probably some sore feelings I think it's fair to say um about how some of that was handled and Again, uh, Oklahoma liked Cooper. I think they felt like there were some guys they were a little harder, higher on, uh, the Carter Nelson kid from Nebraska. Again, though, that kind of lends into the thing I talked about earlier where you you haven't been getting Carter Nelson for a while. Like mm-hmm. I, I felt like there probably was an earlier pivot that was possible, and, and he's not the only one, so I don't want to make it just about this guy or that guy. But it just I, – I don't know. Like I, It felt like Cooper could have been handled better and, I, you know – I think the Jake Roberts situation, all that kind of coming together, basically took it from where Oklahoma could have had three quality tight ends to they got none, and that's in a room that seems a little deep, a little shallow right now. That that's a kind of a tough pill to swallow. And then, are we officially done with him? With Mitchell, maybe going to twenty twenty four, or is that still out there? That still is going on, and I don't know what like. Uh, school starts in you know six seven weeks like I, I don't know what he's doing or how close he is like it's it's very interesting but I know there are people that still think that's the plan and that still expect him to do that now he'll talk to me and talk to me and the second I bring that up he'll kind of clam up so I don't know how to read that situation just yet but I I can say I have not heard it's off the table by the way we we've talked about how hot it is right now um I don't know if you guys have these, but I've always wanted them, and I'm not wearing them today. But I finally got some of those shoes that just they're slip-ons, not like the Skechers, the weird ones, but like I went, I think they're Cole Hans. But I'm gonna tell you, 
having no shows with those things are fantastic. Like deadsoxy.com is what I'm talking about. Uh, the no shows. I, I literally don't have enough of the no shows. I've got to buy more. I've got like six pairs, but like having the no shows and having those slip ons that makes summer so much more bearable. I know Eddie plays golf barefoot now, but no, I just, that was, it was one shot hit barefoot because I had flip flops on. But it was great, too, because, like, you know, Saturday night when I was over at Gabe's, I could just take them off and get in the pool, just wade in the pool a little bit. Uh, but it makes your life better having the no-shows. So go to deadsoxy.com. Uh, use that promo code SCOOP. You'll get 25% off your entire order. Uh, I'm looking right now because I've got to get some more no-shows. Uh, I just need them in my life. But if you've got, you know, if you've got the business look and you got to have some nice socks, go, go get the boardroom. Uh, lots of different ones to... Uh, uh, select from, but also uh, stocking up for the season's important as well. Uh, get the athletic casual socks or, or go to the team colorways. They've got the crimson four packs, a couple of different ones. Uh, so a, a must for game days, but just a fantastic sock company and big part of Sooner Scoop. They got, I'm looking right now, they got the 8 bit maker Bayfield still for sale there. Get 25% off uh, and then uh, get this three pack Luna Black No shows uh, to go with it. Just a great sock and a must for summer is the no-shows. I can't recommend them hot, more highly. And great customer service on the website. Use that promo code SCOOP, 25% off your entire order. DeadSoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. And as always, stay soxy. Uh, there was uh, one thing other than the Mitchell stuff. Uh, and I, you, you mentioned the NIL stuff. Did you guys see the, I think the Brander Group is the biggest terrorist now in, in our country. They're trying to block the EA Sports uh, college football release. I was, Monsters. I was looking at this uh, earlier, and they're saying that you know it's not it's not fair, it's not market value. What is market value though? Like they're talking about what the NFL players get paid. Here's the thing: there's 32 NFL teams, 53 man rosters. There are 133 Division One college football teams with 85 man rosters. So I figured this out. If you had a million dollars to split up for everyone in the NFL and everyone in college, NFL players would get, let's see, what did I put here? $589 a piece. Okay. If you had a million dollars to split up between every college football player, it's 88 bucks a piece. Like, they're just, I'm sorry that there are more players. I mean, that's $500. So, I mean, a piece that they're offering. And you can opt out. You don't have to do it. I just don't see... Why these terrorists have to try and take college football? I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting, almost getting too old to play games anymore. But well, I need something and it forgets, on the side. Even the best years of NCA didn't make anything close to Madden money. No, not even close. No. And so, like, it's not the same pool to begin with, and it's going into a much bigger pool. So, like, I, I, I ranted about this a while back because it's just, it's so stupid. Like, and, and I mean, don't get me wrong, part of it is absolutely biased because I love the game. But, like, if you're a player, what is your choice here? We're going to make this game, and Javante Barnes, you can be number two Oklahoma running back, <laughs> or we can pay you 500 bucks, and you can be Javante Barnes and your, you know, your cousins and your friends and everybody. They can use you on the game, and you will forever be part of that game. What is the choice? Like, what are we talking about? It, it's, it's, it's a non-starter. It, it doesn't make any sense at all. It's five point six million dollars that they'd be don't shelling out to every Division One football player. I think they're even going to have Division Two teams in it. 
But it's just like, I, like I get it. You're trying to protect people that you represent, but you don't represent every player, and you're blocking guys from getting five hundred bucks right. for doing nothing. Yep. That you don't represent. I mean, it's just they filed an injunction now against EA Sports, and EA Sports has had to file something back, and like it's just going to delay the whole the whole thing. Can't have nice things. It just annoys me. So, I don't know. I saw that, and it was just it it was bothering me. It's been bothering me all morning. But yeah, that's five over five and a half million dollars. They're just giving people for doing nothing. And you know what? If you're Caleb Williams and you want to negotiate a better deal, I was also thinking this: like, what would be a legitimate salary for a college football player? I mean, I think it just depends on how much they're. You're getting out of them, right? Well, I'm saying for the very best, like, very like, cap. like, we all know, like, what what did Lamar Jackson just get per year? Like, forty million. Was that his contract know. that he negotiated? I have no idea. I mean, Kyler makes like forty-one or something like that for to play professional football. Like, so what would be the would it, like my get my? I think like Caleb Williams should probably be making like ten million dollars a year if you're talking about market value and. All that stuff. Like, I mean, that I seems even, like that I would be I could even fair. see the argument. If you wanted to say 15, I don't think I'd blink an eye. Right. Mm -hmm. Just because he's such a dynamic player. I mean, coaches are making 10. Yeah. I Players should... I mean, the very best players, if, you, if you're a Heisman Trophy winner, and, and he's going to be the number one pick, he should be sure. the highest paid college football player. Sure. So, yeah, 15. Wouldn't really blink at that. No. I don't know what the number would be. I... I have no idea, but I, I think you could almost make the argument that some of these guys probably are more meaningful to the uh, school or institution or whatever, probably more so than a Lamar Jackson or whoever is to the Baltimore Ravens. Baker Mayfield might be more valuable to Oklahoma than he is to a professional football team right now. Correct. Fact. I don't think that's crazy. Yes, fact. I mean, OU's not going to go out and sure. just pay him $40 million. Right. I mean... They wouldn't be able to. It wouldn't be sustainable. But, but you know, he, I don't know what he's making, $8 million or something? Fifteen? What was he making with Tampa? I don't even remember seeing what that contract was. He'll be here uh, Friday, by the way, the uh, Baker Mayfield camp. It's always fun going out to that. Uh, I think you, if if you your kid isn't signed up, I think you just have to go to BakerMayfieldCamp.com. Uh, but... Yo, it'll be he'll be out there, so we'll get to talk to him a little bit. Uh, one year, four mil. Four mil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, two point eight. He's probably sign, worth four 2 .8 mil signing bonus. Okay, so six point eight overall, and I'm sure there's some escalators in there or something. Probably isn't getting it all, but yeah, I mean, but when he was at OU, Lamar signed a five year, two sixty. That's fifty two a year. Wow. So I don't I don't know. It was just I, I just kinda had that thought because of the EA stuff and yeah. it's just like these guys, you know, could and Caleb's probably making three million a year easy with all the stuff that he's Easily. doing. Mm hmm But yeah, like if, if if you think that you I mean, you have the opportunity to opt out if you don't think it's and negotiate your own deal with EA Sports. I don't think anybody's stopping them. So uh, all right. Outside of that, um, I know Bob. There's one. Uh, there's one possibility out there as a transfer for a Porter to pick up, maybe. 
it's still out there. Yeah, they still got the open scholarship. I mean, no one really screams as that's going to be the guy that soon they're going to pick up. Who they, was the guy the other day that entered that he he, he listed Oklahoma as one of the Joe Toussaint from okay. West Virginia? Oh yeah, but, that's but right. But then. You know, that's like, who's contacting me? And then a day later, oh, I'm visiting Kansas State. I'm visiting Texas Tech. I'm going to Zoom with Alabama. It's like, okay, then, you know, things work work themselves out. And you realize the Sooners really aren't aren't in the picture. Now, they, they might just fill out the roster just to fill it out. Like, they might add a name that doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, is not expected. Just to have a practice body. Almost. Exactly. Because I, I almost think that was something Porter was missing last year is you have one less scholarship guy yaya gets hurt so now you're down another person so it's just so you have the bodies around to do what you need to do but i do think a lot of the attention will go to 2024 so that would give you three before you even start thinking about the portal and i don't think one of them will be t.o barrett and i think that's a bit of a surprise i guess i was just sort of the my logic was that once the point guard made his official visit to OU, all the Missouri chatter would go away. And instead, post-visit, it feels like it's just stronger and stronger to where it feels like Barrett is going to be a uh, Tiger. And that's someone that a couple of years ago I thought was a lock for the Sooners. And, you know, you can go either way in terms of how well he he would have fit the picture in the, in the grand scheme of things. He's a... Heck of a talent was at Edmund Ork the last two uh, last two years leading to state championships. Now he's at Link Academy, Branson, Missouri, and thinks he's going to end up being a Tiger. And that might op- open a door for date foresight from Dale to officially become a Sooner. That might that process still might take a while. But I always wondered between Dayton and To they weren't going to take both. So how was that going to work itself out? Now it feels like it's going to To going to go Mizzou. And then we'll see if OU can close with, with Dayton. And that would get them on the board for 2024. I still like what Porter's doing, recruiting trail with 2024. But there's no clear-cut favorites to just like circle now. Like, this guy is definitely going to be a part of this class. We're in the conference room, and uh, local news is on. And I'm it's watching disgusting. this thing. It's Mr. Food I'm time, watching guys. this thing, and I look over, <laughs> and Eddie has this look of terror on his face. It, I didn't even know Mr. Food was still on. I knew that he was on, but I don't think I'd be putting that on my plate. Taco potato salad. I'll take the burger. I'll say I mean, this. We're in grill season. I'll potato take the salad is pretty terrible as it is, so why not mix it up? <laughs> I will eat some potato salad, but I don't know if I'm eating that. That that just does not look very appetizing here over the 4th of July holiday weekend. The only potato salad I've ever had that I've just loved uh, used to be, it's not there anymore. I've been told it shut down, but Elmer's Barbecue in Tulsa. The best potato salad I've ever had. I don't think I ever went there. It was like it was like whipped. It was almost like eating eating the stuff off of a devil's egg. But you know, potatoes. It was just really good. Um, I don't know why Mister Foods was so distracting. Uh, Jocelyn Erickson. Yes. Uh, we we both were kind of caught off guard by that. Not that it might happen, but that it happened when it did. Or that she didn't announce it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I'd been waiting. But you and I, you know, we were at that softball celebration. She was not there, which we both thought was awkward and odd. Uh, why wouldn't a freshman? Obviously, you know, she wanted to go somewhere else. I don't know the reasons behind it, but 
if she was upset, I don't think it's warranted because I think Patty gave her every opportunity this year. I mean, she was really hot to start the season. She cooled down. She got replaced in the lineup. But Patty kept trying to use her, and she actually played in the game where they won the national championship. Yeah, she just, uh, I mean, you look at it more. You know, Jossie did not have a hit in the Super Regional or the Women's College World Series. You know, she wasn't producing when her number was was being called late late in the year. I mean, she was hitting 600 in February. She's Mm -hmm. still hitting over 500 in March. She had that eight RBI game, like, wow, this freshman sensation. Patty does it again, but... You have to look B at a BYU. Her whole family went there. Right, she, yeah. you know, you know, she was the the one person that didn't go that direction. But yeah, I mean, between Alina Torres and Sidney Sanders, and you just start like, where is her spot in the lineup? Is she mad that she didn't become in every you know every single game starter? And but that's how Patty rolls. You know, she's not just going to give it to you. You got to earn it. She put Every Grace Lyons week. in the eight hole, you know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. she, you're going to have to earn gotta, it. You got to produce or you will not, you know, be a bigger part of things. And it just didn't happen. I mean, because you think she still ended up, I believe, like at 330. But when you, you think about her being over 600 and the the way that she had started the season. But this wasn't surprised to me. I just, I, I'm sure there might have been legitimate reason as to why she couldn't come back. Marita Hines just two days later. But it just those yeah. alarm bells sound like you're going from oh it's not like the women's college world tiers in a strange location where you couldn't get back to Norman or something. It's two days later, celebration. Sophia Nugent, Jordy Ball are both there and they leave two, you know, two days later. But for her to not not be there, just let me know maybe something's off here. I have to I have to say I, I avoid all Jordy Ball stories like the plague. All, all links to videos and stuff. And I think our own fans were trolling themselves by like posting all that stuff on the boards. It's just like, no one, no one really needs to see that. I finally locked the thread. I just locked it. I'm sorry. I, and I delete, I'd on. locked one before that <laughs> because it was like there nothing, you know, productive was happening. It was just people fighting with each other. And it, I, I don't think anyone has any ill will. I just don't, people, no, but I mean, just don't have like, to keep bringing it up. It's ridiculous. Like, Yes, Nebraska's going to celebrate that they got Jordy Ball, but it's like, is her heart really in it, you know, anymore? You wonder that, too. I'm sure it is. I mean, she's a good softball player. It's just it's a weird deal. It is. It's a little Lincoln Riley-esque, if you will. I mean, I'm not calling her T-Bow or anything. I'm like, She's not going to be hated. I mean, I think people understand the reasons behind it. It's just... I, I guess people, you want to watch. The one thing people will have a hard time reconciling is the pressure of winning at an elite level at OU, but now the pressure of being the face of oh, the yeah. entire program. How is that different? How are you more comfortable now being Nebraska softball? You are the program, more so than any head coach or anything like that. It's you. She, but but she, but that's okay compared to trying to be one of several elite players I could when see, it comes with the Sooners. I could see her just walking away from the sport at some point because of that. I mean, I think she's she wasn't comfortable with it at Oklahoma. Like you said, now she's – the pressure is even greater because she's expected to carry an entire program. Like, people are talking about her going back to the World Series with Nebraska. Yes. Like, I don't <laughs> think that's happening, dudes. Sorry. All right. Um, 
I think that's uh, that's all I had really on my my plate today. Um, you know, with football and stuff, off season conditionings still happening. Two weeks for media days. Two uh, weeks. That will be nice. Uh, and uh, George and I've been talking. Eddie, are you in on SEC media days with us? Yeah, I think we're going to head to Nashville for that. Um, go see Shane and the boys. Go see Shane. Go see Josh Heupel. See if he'll Heupel, talk to yeah. me. That'd be cool. Go That'd see Spencer Rattler. Great. I don't know that Great. Spencer <laughs> would really even recognize any he of us. He wouldn't, right? Because of the, the Zoom era. Yeah. We, we lived in. I was a, I'm glad to be past that era. Um, thank God. Uh, but no, I mean, it, you know, it's in Nashville, the SEC media days. I think there's some interesting storylines. George has really been pushing us to go. Uh, so I think we're going to maybe load up Alexis and go do it. I'm going to check with Ed and see if he can give us something and uh, drive up. It's like a 10 hour drive. It's not a bad, bad trip. Um, no, it's not. Anyway. So George will be back uh, next week from vacation. Although fourth of July coming up, hope everybody's going to stay safe for that. I don't know Eddie if you partake in any weird fourth of July activities or anything. Uh, just the celebration of America, which I know you're against. <laughs> Very much so. All right. Uh, Josh, any last words from you? Uh, no. No, I'm, I'm reading some of the um, uh, mega thread on the board of a um, fellow On3 employee that has made some very interesting comments about Bob's story with our SMU site. So that's uh, that's been an interesting read. Huh. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of just really shit house takes. But, you know, that's fine. It's... Uh, Everybody gets to be the homer they want to be. So, yeah, I just I've I've honestly taken a mental health break from the board uh, over the weekend. Uh, and I'm, oh, I wasn't talking about any of our members. So, <laughs> just want to be real clear oh, about that. This is like another on three writer or something. Uh huh. Mm. This is this is the uh, much beloved Ian Boyd of our Texas site. Uh, that guy, he eats a lot of pain chips, doesn't he? He he has broken down Bob's story on the SM that he did with Billy Embody from our SMU site. That's uh, it's a good dude and does a good job. Um, so he's yeah. he's taking issue with things that Bob said about SMU yes. or OU or no, his, about his, OU going to SMU. yeah. The the crux of it is basically Dylan Gabriel will be sorted out now, and Jeff now everybody knows Jeff Levy's tendencies, and so it's all going to get sorted out. I don't know. Why hey. you can't learn things about opposing defenses, but apparently it's a one-way street. Hey, hey, Ian, who gives a f- man? God, it's you're it's just super fanboy message poster stuff. Like, can you guys who ever cares? think of a story that you sat down and were like, "I'm going to break down this other guy's story of the story that has nothing to do with the school I cover." I'm going to get really. We, uh, into that. we have leads. a pretty good reputation for you know playing nice with people on our network yes we do it's should it's quite an accomplishment for someone to get us on the other side in two and a half months <laughs> yeah of being on a network with them it's exhausting i just I, there is a, another part of me that's just like who cares what this guy thinks yeah why is everybody yeah. always I, so oh, caught up on i'm 100 percent that way yeah I mean, Grimlock just, does. <laughs> I think that's the oh answer. Grimlock cares. How many posts is Grimlock up to in that thread? Oh, Lord. I mean, he obviously he is the initiator. Oh, he's the OP? Oh, yeah, yeah. That that started with him. Like, I want to say he started that post like May 3rd or something. <laughs> I, I'll need an update on when 
the Texas fan isn't upset with Oklahoma or the other way around where the Oklahoma fan isn't upset with Texas about something, you know, that's kind of the point I'm at. It's like, it's so all predictable now. That's you're not wrong. I mean, it, it just, it's one of those things that like, it's just so bad that I'm like, I have to, I'm going to be in a thread defending Dylan Gabriel, something I did not anticipate (laughs) for my year. That was not on my bingo card. Uh, it might be time for the Horns Up for Peace merch just so we can send some to Ian. <laughs> I guarantee he would not. Uh, he doesn't understand that cam- campaign whatsoever. He would write like a thousand words on like <laughs> w- the hatred. No, like like how can o- how can an OU writer, an OU media personality defend Texas? What does this rivalry come to? Yes the fall of Western civilization. I have so much to say, but you'd have to bleep it out. And it, it is funny. So if you want to, if you want to find out what I was going to say, just come find me over the weekend. Uh, I will say this though. Go break down the four, three or something. You dumb. F-. Nobody cares about like what you think about Oklahoma football. Just nobody cares, man. Just go keep posting on a Texas message board, be irrelevant and we'll move on. We'll move on. But I do have some ideas for the uh, the T-shirt. We probably can't say here, though. Okay. Tell me after the show. I'll think about it. All right. Um, I hear somebody's phone going nuts. Uh, it must be time for us to end it. Uh, so we appreciate everybody listening. Uh, appreciate uh, all our fine sponsors. Uh, Enjoy Vision, uh, Dead Soxy, and, of course, Prime Shrimp. So... Uh, thanks for listening. Hey, uh, we, we've got the special still going on on the site, half price. Uh, unlike some people, we're not going to run promos all that we, we actually need to make money at some point. Uh, so we do ask for a little bit of money, but we do, uh, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll bang our own drum. We do great work and, uh, it's only getting better. So, uh, if you care, uh, if you want to support us, go sign up for Soonerscoop.com. Uh, half price annual memberships going on right now, and that's getting ready to run out at the end of this month. So, by the time you listen to this, you might be paying full price if you don't take uh, advantage now. So, uh, love to have you aboard as the season gets ready to roll and uh, as recruiting gets more and more uh, in in depth uh, as the summer goes on and commitments starting to be made. So, uh, would love for you to have you aboard uh, of the community at Soonerscoop.com. So, uh, for all of us here, uh, Josh, Eddie, Bob, I'm Kerry Murdoch, and we'll see you guys next week right back here for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.